The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's PlayStation Show. This is episode 787, and I am your host, Max Scoville. And joining me today are my good friends, Jada Griffin, Mark Medina, and Josh Dew. What's up, everybody? Beyond, everybody. Beyond. It's honored to be considered one of your good friends. This is uh, I'm learning about this for the first time right now. What? Yeah, what an upgrade. Wow, Mark. Now, well, now it's weird. Uh, I, I sent you a Christmas card, man. Anyway, it's true. It's true. I read it every day party. when I'm putting ice in my cup. <laughs> but okay, the trick is, did Mark send one back to you, Max? <laughs> no, he sent no. me uh, maybe a Yikes. Slack message about. I don't know. Anyway, um, th- thanks for thanks for showing up. I guess acquaintance. Anyway, uh, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. IGN Fan Fest is coming up. That is a sort of uh, virtual celebration of pop culture. We do gaming stuff. We do movie stuff. We do show stuff. There's a lot of brand new exclusive stuff you have never seen before. We talk to a bunch of cool people. We ask questions that you submitted. There will be prizes. That is Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th. It kicks off at 10 a.m. Pacific on all of the various myriad media tendrils of IGN. So keep an eye out for that. Coming up, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. There are some new updates to PS5. I think people who like a variable refresh rate have got some stuff to be excited about. Uh, Sony reports on PS5 sales and uh, a bunch of games as a service shut down. Imagine that. Jada played around with the DualSense Edge. Uh, the Last of Us Episode 4 came out. Uh, and then Ryan McCaffrey, a known PlayStation hater and Xbox lover, went and checked out the PSVR 2 to play a bunch of Gran Turismo. I'm kidding. He had a really good time with it. Um, we're going to talk about all that stuff, but first... We got something very cool. The IGN first for this month is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And just this morning, they dropped a big chunk of nine minutes of gameplay showing off this new game. And uh, man, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. Uh, Jada, what was, your, what was your read on this? I'm not excited at all, Max. What? You're, you're alone. You're the only person here excited. Just kidding. No, I loved it. This, this new content looks great. Um, I love a lot of the new force powers we're getting. There's a time slow. I love some of the new little flourishes. He had little slice and dice with two lightsabers where you got to instantly quick step back um it looks great it looks like it's there's um you know a lot of things fans have been asking for which is like a little bit bigger maps and more things to explore and see um we got to see a good chunk of that in the the video we got we dropped this morning so i'm excited yeah mark what what about this are you a, a star wars jedi fallen order survivor man man i've i've not been on this show in a while and i'm always accused of having like spicy takes oh boy and here and, and here here we go uh i did not super love the first game and i i've tried it's one what? of those games that i've tried to play it multiple times um 
you know how it is. A spicy take means you just don't love everything, and what, I don't what, love everything. What about so. it? What about it? Didn't didn't work for you? I don't know. There's just something about it. I I I I just don't know how much I love games like this anymore. I guess I don't know. I I've played it, and I just I don't. I never felt compelled to. I don't really care about the main character. I don't. I. So very early on in the game, you go to like a snow planet, right? Maybe it's hot. I don't know. I think it's it's Ilum. Okay, that's as far as I've ever gotten. And I remember just putting it down one day and I just never felt compelled to go back to it. And uh, so when the PS5 version came out, I tried it again. And again, I was just like, nah, I just don't really care about this game. But I know people love it. Do you and think it was, I'm not saying it's bad. I, I just no, there's something I, about it. I, I just, totally, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I think was it sort of that it felt almost like rudimentary, like st- structure wise. I don't love the map, and I, I, I don't love that that it's kind of like it, I fault Borderlands for the kind of the same thing where it's just like it's this 3D map where you're just like, okay, have I gone here? Have I not? I know that's like a total Metroid thing that people love, but. Uh, there's just something about the map, and honestly, just the story itself. I just didn't find the story itself very like engaging. Where I I was super okay. into it, this, but that's I don't, I don't know. Like the, this Max, gameplay Max, does no, no, look no. cool, and Max, on paper, I feel pass. like I should love it. Don't don't give yeah, him a don't. pass, Max. So this is the reason why I voted Mark off of Beyond. This is why, <laughs> this is yeah. why yeah. I'm not allowed <laughs> on the show anymore. I don't know if we're gonna have you back, Marky. Uh, you got some. Yeah. Dis- these takes are too spicy. We keep them nice don't, and Don't give me here. a pass because the audience surely this won't. This is a frozen yogurt kind of show, me. my friend. We keep things nice yeah. and bland. Uh, Josh, what about you? Are you <laughs> were you into this one, the, the first one? Yeah, I had fun. I think this is like my first foray as well into Souls Light type gameplay. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time like I was playing a game and I was struggling with certain non-boss sections and like having to mm-hmm. like go through certain it's all these like narrow pathways right and mm-hmm. now that i'm like watching this gameplay now that mark mentioned like the map and level design of the first game i'm like yeah there's a lot of this just like very narrow pathways that don't really <laughs> i guess make sense and it's like now, wow there's so many I've, so many planets I've here I'm just Josh like... that it's actually not a good game now that i've let everybody know <laughs> hey guys turns out you were all wrong okay well okay here's the thing okay the first one i think we can all agree uh mark's probably right first one sucks really bad game everyone should hate it um the new one looks great though let's talk about the new one because they they clearly are making a lot of changes uh yeah. the, the first thing that, that we show off in the gameplay is the kind of scale of the game like one of the first things they demo is that you can now pick up your droid bd1 and put it put its rear end right up to your face and look through apparently through its its ass as binoculars or so, i don't know it's a weird it's a weird choice Just like can, in real life you can use it like binoculars which i i don't know that's kind of odd for doing that with me point is it's basically you know you have a scope like you're able to pull out your you know sheikah slate or whatever mm-hmm. your you know your far cry 3 dslr camera and you can zoom off in the distance and tag stuff like i want to go climb that turtle and like, that why I don't know. Maybe you want like, to. And like, I'm thinking in the first game, I never thought I would need to do that. So that's you know what I mean. Like, yeah, the game a, is so yeah. on rails that like I never was like I wanted to do a Breath of the Wild style and be like, oh, there's that shrine I need to go to. Uh, I, if the level design of this new game is more open world, then like maybe I, they uh, haven't said these. open world, and I think if that no. if it was true open world, right. they would probably come out and say that. But yeah. I mean, the first one had like a bunch of pretty large locations, but they were 
they were definitely more of that kind of like souls souls like structure like they're they're yeah, they kind of a lot like of a, corridors yeah and like there's like so there was a few branching paths and like alternate ways you could go through but for the most part when you needed to progress there was one path to go through and it was through a corridor or down a ramp or up an elevator mm-hmm. or something like but that. but in, in this case it seems like i mean why would they have binoculars if they weren't working on a larger scale with the map Mm-hmm. And it's it's still very possible that it it does look like it's got the similar kind of structure in terms of how you explore. But like, I mean, again, I don't think it's going to be full open world, but I think that one thing they're taking advantage of with this being a you know new gen hardware exclusive is hopefully larger scale. The, the planet they show off is called uh, Kobo, which is not to be confused with Koboth. Kobo is a new planet. Koboth was introduced in the droids cartoon and was recently recanonized in a Rogue One spinoff novel. Anyway, this is like a weird planet where you're running around, you kill a bunch of animals. I always love this, that whole thing where it's like, you're a, you're a Jedi. It's all about helping people, but also time to murder a bunch of these weird <laughs> pig dog things. What, they live in a waterfall. I don't know. But <laughs> just really, I love it. People were the mad that there wasn't, there wasn't dismemberment in, in the first one, except for animals. You could cut up all sorts of animals mm-hmm. and droids, but like it just didn't really work that way with humans. And people were like, it's bad Star Wars. Make more blood, Disney. Um, Wait, Mark, know. you didn't. Well, you just said two two lightsabers. Did you not get not get that far in the game where you got two lightsabers? No, that comes at towards mm-hmm. the very. That's end. a very late sta- late stage ed- edition. Yeah. Like I, I know that that was actually kind of one of the fun things about the game was that the the double bladed lightsaber and then the two lightsabers were both kind of big plot twists. So spoilers. I'm, br- I'm proving that my na- naivety right now by revealing that i didn't even know you could do two lightsabers in hey, the first i game. mean you're not faking it which is you know better <laughs> no. than a lot maybe, of us can say but you know <laughs> yeah maybe you'll enjoy that variation in combat more because i think when they bust out those double lightsaber i was like okay maybe i'll use this every once in a while but they actually felt different combat wise uh mm-hmm. so it was pretty fun yeah i mean it's can i just a- say that I'm I'm kind of excited that EA is kind of killing it on the single player front which is something i didn't think yeah. i'd say like in 2023 between this and dead space which i missed all the dead space episodes but i'm really loving that game as well they're mm-hmm. they're kind of nailing it yeah what the, what's going good. on over there like <laughs> i don't know something happened i love that there was that there was that tweet where they were like there are 10 but they only play single player games and like the video <laughs> game industry and the f- fans and ev- like everyone just collectively just dunked on this yep. one tweet freaking vince sampella who's the head of respawn he's on the board of directors mm-hmm. was basically like <clears throat> With his Twitter, and I'm like, I feel like if I was that like social media person, I would just like jump out the window. I'd be like, bye. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think Vince Zampella actually took a more controlling effort in a lot of EA's stuff right now. I think that was one of the things he got promoted to do over the last what year, year and a half or so. And this is probably where the dividends are starting to pay by seeing him in charge. So mm-hmm. kudos to him. Um, if he is the reason doing this, if he's not, kudos to the person who is making this happen because. We're happy to see EA doing these single-player games. Um, one thing I will say about uh, the open-world, not open-world type stuff, this area that we've seen in the um, the video, they, he comes back to this hub. Cal comes back to this like kind of hub-looking area with the meditation spot, and he goes in different ran- uh, branches. So my thought is there's going to be like kind of a like a center area that's wider, and then there's going to be a bunch of different branches to go and explore and find and do different things to kind of do that. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out story-wise, if it's going to be like, hey, you have to go over here and then do this story thing and then come back to the hub and then go back to this other part for the story hub or what's just going to be, you know, side stuff. Who knows? But I think that I think we're going to see a lot more. 
of a lot larger maps for exploration. I really, I really hope so. One thing that that kind of lends itself to this is that they did announce that there's going to be fast travel and there's also going to be rideable mounts, which they actually, it's where they showed, they showed the mounts. He's like riding this Gallimimus looking thing in one of the first gameplay reveals. And then like fast forward five months or whatever, and everyone's like mounts confirmed. And it's like, yeah, I thought we knew that. Anyway, um, (laughs) fast travel is like the one thing I think the first game really, really was lacking. Uh, t- mm-hmm. And to your point, Jada, like the fact that there wasn't really a hub world, the way that the levels worked in the first one or the maps, whatever you want to call them, is frequently like the Mantis would come in and land and that would be sort of your starting point. But that was very like that was that was linear rather than like radial. Like it wasn't like a right. center point that you worked out from. It was typically like here's the edge of the map and then you kind of progressed further into the world. Uh, and it was great, except when you had to backtrack or you like wound up like I spent I was playing this game the other day. I'm, I'm replaying the first one. Uh, I'm repeatedly like hit over the head with how much I love it. And like, I really enjoyed it the first time around. I had a really good time and going back and replaying it. I think there's always that kind of, you know, there's the, the novelty isn't really, I mean like the, it doesn't have that sort of recency bias. Like it's, it's familiar if anything, like I'm not really getting surprised by anything, but I am, you kind of find the things that aren't like, you're not, the things that are, that are, that are resistance, the things that are like frustrating are, surprisingly few and like the lack of fast travel is really one of the only noticeable ones for me that mm. and the load times I'm, I'm playing it on a uh dare i say series x but um yeah it's it's still got pretty noticeable load times which is like you know it's annoying because it's, it's it's a last gen game that's had plenty of patches since it came out and like uh yeah I, I, you know i really hope they they adjust that or you know fix that for the for the new one and you know hopefully they do um, yeah, that, that was my main pain point as somebody who like whose single player game style is to just run and gun like and this was the first time I had to be like oh I know I kind of have to like take the slow and actually think about what I'm doing here and I died a lot and the load times were just insane like I probably would have shaved like five hours off my playtime if like <laughs> the load times were faster so I really hope they fix that. Um, I actually pulled our. Uh, the IGN Beyond uh, Facebook group and had a couple, the couple people are in line with a lot of the points we're making. Uh, Angela Ray, I hope the map system gets refined. I get what they were going for in Fallen Order, but it was a hot mess to try and navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, vindication. There you go, Mark. There you go. <laughs> um, this is one thing that I noticed in this newest uh, gameplay that we didn't bring up yet, but Kevin Garaventa has the run animation improved at all. Cal ran like one of the three stooges in the first game. And I noticed <laughs> in this new trailer that the walking and his walk animation was really kind of weird. It didn't, I didn't notice it in the first game. Max, have you noticed that with going back? Like, does this walk animation or run animation look kind of. Walking? I haven't paid too much attention to it, but I. I don't remember. I did in- interview Cameron Monaghan, and he had his his entire leg in a cast. So I don't know if that was anything to do with it. <laughs> he did the mocap for his running while in a cast. It's like too, too bad. We gotta we gotta meet quotas. We gotta meet deadlines. Sorry. Um, I, I think I think the entire for, like is you know I have played it recently, um, and I I. I I think the animations are a little wonky, but I don't think that's like necessarily a bad thing, but I do know what they're talking about, how he kind of like kind of throws his arms out when he starts running and stuff like that. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing though. I, I, I mean, it looks I, fine. I found in the this, game to control. Game. Yeah. I, fa- I, I found the game to control just fine. I, I think the thing that I notice is when you're, when you're making excuses for yourself to have to play a game or have to not play a game, that's when you, can kind of take a step back and realize I, I actually just don't really want to do this and for this game 
the reason I started it back up is because I never played the next gen version. And I was like, I really need to play this that way I can be caught up for survivor and then the moment survivor got delayed i was like oh i don't need to play this anymore <laughs> and i i realized if i was actually enjoying the game i would keep playing it and it was totally uh i in that moment i was like i'm playing this for work i don't i don't I mean, care to keep yeah, playing like, it. Like, no, this weeks, is mark this is what's this, that it's only six weeks <laughs> that's I another know, thing we, but... we didn't touch on this the game the game did get delayed it got about a six week push so now it's coming out on april 28th so if you're like mark and feel like there's homework you got to do you can go and mm -hmm. check this out i mean that mark that's a very good point like games uh i don't you know i mean people get mad if you call them a waste of time they are frequently a time sink like they are a hobby that is the point they are a very They're complex diversion yeah and it's like i don't know it's it, it's an investment of time and like if you're mm -hmm. If you suck at a game, it will take you longer to play it. And if you were there to check out the story and you suck at the game, then it's going to take, it's a lot harder than like, I don't know, like a book that shuts itself on your hands. Like it's kind of, it's just like, it pushes back. So that's a whole, that's a whole thing. And I don't know, I'm coming at this with a fair amount of Star Wars burnout. I think a lot of people are kind of in a similar boat where like, there've been, I don't know, there've been a handful of really cool things, but like we haven't gotten a movie in a cool minute. The last one we don't talk about, um, the i don't know like was uh, andor was was phenomenal but like yeah. it's, i don't know the book of boba fett kind of made me stop collecting boba fett figures like that kind of i don't know I, I, was, that, was the last movie rise of skywalker was it or was it solo no solo was the last was it i don't even remember no it was rise of skywalker was it Sky okay yeah, yeah. My anyway gosh. i, I saw that yeah. in like at lucasfilm with with you guys before the pandemic man the pandemic really stole some years. Yeah, it feels man. like a very long time ago. Anyway, um, but no, like I, I think it's like I don't. This is a, this is a weird uh, the the sort of timeline for 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 Fallen Order and, and Survivor is like a spot that I don't particularly care about. I was like kind of a hard sell on Cal Kestis. The thing that really won me over is I love how he's I love how he interacts with BD One when they're like alone. Like it's very mm -hmm. it's very like earnest. It's very like it's like Luke and R two. Where he's like, what are you doing over there, you little sneak? Come on, back over here. What'd you find, buddy? Like, it's very like a kid and his puppy. And then, like, he comes back on the ship and he's like, yeah, I found some new lightsaber parts while I was out killing stormtroopers. And it's like, yeah, he's like, hey, dude, I found you some potted plants for your terrarium or what. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's got like a totally different vibe. And, you know, so I'm not, you know, I don't, I guess he, he won me over, which is like a, you know, testament to like a, a solid performance. And, I don't know, it's I like that it's a self-contained adventure. You know, it's like a fairly, as far as games concer are concerned, it's a fairly short game by modern standards, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is manageable. And I'm just I'm really excited for the new one. The thing that it did that I really really love is that it managed to sort of blur the lines between prequel and original trilogy. And there's a lot of Star Wars media that's doing that. It's most of the time in animated form. We've got some stuff like you know Andor and Rogue One. But the thing that this one does that's I think Battlefront Two did it to a certain degree. But it's you're we're seeing cg versions of prequel era stuff alongside original trilogy stuff and because it is like cutting edge modern cg that looks as realistic as this the practical stuff from the original trilogy but it's designs from the prequel era it has this wonderful kind of melding effect where like the mm -hmm. you know the the character models for like battle droids in this and in, in battlefront 2 are like higher resolution than the ones that are in the actual movie like the first time they mm -hmm. showed up in the phantom menace it looks like a windows xp wallpaper with a bunch of you know <laughs> wonky armatures walking around but the other thing i love this is such a weird like little nerdy thing to call out cal's killing a bunch of like battle droids and super battle droids in this but they're running around and they're like they've got like custom paint jobs on them and like the timeline this is, takes place at is like it's it's past the clone wars like the separatists aren't really a thing anymore but there's like clearly some kind of weird like horned 
I don't know, crime crime syndicate or like weird wasteland raiders, whatever the dudes that Cal is killing here. And they've like repurposed military hardware to their own needs. So they've got their own, mm. like, it's like when, I don't know, you see like pirates have AK-47s or whatever. It's like this wonderful, like, oh, here's like the criminal underworld repurposing something from like a, you know, a, you know, military surplus gear, which mm. is just such a little, you know, little call out, but. Um, it's nice because they're also, you know, we get a little bit of that in Bad Batch. We got a little bit of that in the Clone Wars animated series. Like, it's great. So I'm happy to see yeah. that as well. It's cool. But um, uh, speaking of other, like, you know, re-outfitting, um, we get bomber jackets now, like for no more just straight ponchos. Like, I know uh, we had a couple people in the comments that were not, uh, let's see, Robin Friend. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's their last name is Friend. They're not just trying to be my friend. But no more ponchos. Give me Jedi robes. Um, and then Sam Rhoda, uh, I like collectibles, but those ponchos were pretty dumb. Would be cool to see some other type of clothing or accessories to collect. We're getting bomber jackets, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. very exciting. So, so weird thing, I feel like there's something they haven't showed us yet, which is the, one of the pre-order bonuses for this is like a blaster. You can get Han's blaster, yes. and there's also, uh, you know, you can have like, I think the Luke's jacket and Han's outfit or whatever. And it's, I, my theory is right now either there's another playable character like there's another dude who showed up in one, in one of the trailers who's like helping Cal up. So either there's a second character who shows up who has an entirely different play style that involves blasters or Cal winds up getting a blaster, which would be interesting because it's kind of subverting the old uh, Dark Forces to Jedi Knight thing where you start out with just guns yeah. and then you get Jedi stuff, whereas it would be the other way around where you're like, oh, I got to learn how to use a, a blaster now. Um, but yeah, they, I think they said for the first game, the collectibles was one of the last things they added. And they were kind of like, yeah, sorry, we were kind of running it on the clock. So you got ponchos and different shaders for your lightsaber but mm -hmm. you know this time around i don't think jedi robes makes any sense though because you're trying to keep it a low profile you know yeah right <laughs> the bomber jacket totally fits and makes sense though because it kind of makes you like a runner um i just hope they have something dumb looking like i really want dumb looking uh <laughs> cosmetics because that's i always put those on do you want a lego skin a lego skin transform uh, cal into a lego yeah or just like just him in his underwear you know, I like want to do like, like a naked, naked souls man, like running around. Just that would work. Yeah. You could do like, yeah, the back, like back to tank Luke where he's wearing the weird little diaper and he's got the scuba mask. Yes, on. that's a good one. Yeah, I have an action figure of that. I don't know. I don't know why it's not. It's not great. Yeah, I, I know why. OK, uh, so yeah, it's Star Wars <laughs> Jedi Survivor coming a April 28th to all of the new gen hardware and the PC. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it I think it could have like game of the year potential, but it's also a pretty stacked year. So it's entirely possible. It also just gets totally swept under the rug. But yeah. I don't know. The first game is pretty solid and I'm really excited to see how they build on it. So, um, yeah. Shifting gears. Speaking of new gen hardware and the like and the PlayStation 5, as we're prone to. There was an update last week. The PlayStation 5 now supports 1440p with variable refresh rate displays, which means that you can play the uh, the PS5 on your on your monitor, I guess, or your special gaming TV. Does mm -hmm. do any of you do this? Uh, uh no. I I I have one. My gaming monitor which is what I use for my computer is a 1440p 165 hertz and I I love it because I'm I'm a sucker for input lag so VRR is great uh but this TV behind me that people think is a window it's just monsooning outside my house um is a 120 hertz 4k so I already get the VRR there 
VRR is is wonderful, and I don't even mean to make it sound as nerdy as I'm making it sound. I don't, I I don't mean to. I don't mean to I, mock it either. I just think it's. I think it's really <laughs> funny that like Sony ships this brand new hard, this new hardware that's like, yeah, dude, it's 4K. It's really it's just mm-hmm. a super fast thing. And then people are like, yeah, but what if there was some kind of happy medium between 2K and 4K? Can you just can we have that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, do you want the medium or large fries? Can I have the medium and a half? Like. <laughs> Refresh rates are just becoming so much of a thing because people are understanding input lag and they're high, you know, they want to play something like Overwatch or something like that at 120 FPS, but they don't make a lot of four. I mean, they do, but they don't, you can't go to Target and buy a 120 Hertz 4K TV unless you get lucky, right? Like you, you really have to look because a lot of the marketing when it comes to TVs is like, this is a 120 Hertz TV. And then you find out that that's not true at all. It's just smooth motion. And that it's actually only 60 Hertz. You really have to do some hunting where 2K 165 Hertz, 144 Hertz monitors are very common. And so this is just them saying they should have shipped with 1440p so i don't know why they didn't yeah Uh, but the fact that that exists now is just making it where people are like okay i can play these competitive games at high refresh rates on my gaming monitor better late than never hunt down some yeah Yeah. exactly no that's cool i used to i used to totally just be just like a farm animal when it came to like recognizing refresh rates (laughs) and frame rates and stuff and Mm -hmm. gradually i've kind of like and again this is I think if I see something side by side, I'd be like, well, obviously, but I wouldn't think too hard mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, incidentally, I also have the, um, I don't know, the, ref- the reflexes of like a sedated sloth or something. But um, yeah, I don't know, like playing um, Fallen Order, it's I have it in performance mode. And I was like, oh, I want to see more pretty grass or whatever. And I bumped it down to, you know, uh, sexual graphics mode or whatever it's called. And it yep. was just immediate. That's I was like, I, was like Ooh, I don't want to see this. Yeah. I can't I can't look at it. And yeah, it's just I, at this point, I'm like, no, it's got to be. I want that frame rate. I want that that smoothness. Uh, yeah, so- well, I, to to me, it's just all about feel. And when you when they when they have to cap graphics like that, you know, they're essentially adding VSync. They don't call it stuff like that in consoles because it's like most of the time people get a console because they don't want to deal with the like PC graphical side of things. But that's all they're becoming is they're just giving you the PC options finally, and uh, I love it. It's a childproof it a PC. It's just that's exactly yeah, it. Really it. is. Now, in addition to the um, you know VRR fourteen forty p, and again, there's like there's like four or five people who are just angrily writing comments about how I besmirched the the name of their uh, beloved resolution and i'm i'm sorry i was just kidding anyway they also added voice chat for discord which is cool because a lot of people communicate cool. using disc we're actually on talking to each other on discord now i think which is great yeah, we, sure. we should Whoa. do next yeah. next week Secrets. on a ps5 i think so um so that's yeah that's cool that's good there's also speaking of voice related things they they're doing a beta of voice controlled captures which is cool if i i always forget the ps5 has voice commands on it assuming you have your mic unmuted i never used anything yeah. like that on ps5 so i mean I, I used to use it fairly regularly on my xbox i would be like xbox record that um because it was just the quickest way to when something cool happens like oh let me get that last 30 seconds and just say that so i'm happy that this is coming i haven't got a chance to test it out yet but i'm excited for that no it's cool it's a good sort of you don't wind up fumbling with buttons and share share controls and all that it's it's also you know it's Whatever. It's a good good addition, I guess. I always love that like when they announce this like list of like features they're adding, it's like, oh, I forgot they had that. This is a this is such a weird one. The, it, the wireless controller can now get updates wirelessly. 
so you don't oh, have to thank plug gosh. it in. Yeah. I know. I'm, so, I'm actually very happy about that. I had a controller that was needed an update for probably yep. three months, and I just refused to get up and plug it in <laughs> to, to update well, because it. Because I had a charging dock, so like it would just exactly. sit in the dock. Yeah. Everybody has, yes. I, I don't know if it'll show up on my camera, everybody has this charging dock, which isn't hooked up to your PS5 at all. Oh, there it is. Right there. It's the charging dock. Everybody yep. has that. And that's not hooked up to your PS5. That's just, okay, get me off full screen. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> um, that's not hooked up to your PS5 at all. That's just plugged into the wall. So uh, it's getting power to your controller, but it's not communicating with the PS5. And so it would just be like, it needs to update. And I'd just be like, no. And my friend was like, dude, Mark, it takes a minute. And I'm like, I don't care. Exactly. I have to hunt down a cord. No, I don't care. I'm not I, doing hey, it. you know what? I don't have that dock, all right? And I'm one of those <laughs> losers that is always charging it through the PS5. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I think it's not a big deal, all right? Sony, get this man a dock. Can we start a GoFundMe for Josh to get him? No, I don't want one. Dock. I don't want one. No. <laughs> At this point, it's a principal stand. thing. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> I have my, my PS5 wall mounted really high up, and then I have a three-foot USB cable, and so the controller just hangs down. Just like a pull, like a pull string. I just let it dangle there delicately. Not really. Yeah. I do have a wall mounted. I was though. like, just, I was like, there's no way. Yeah. But I don't know. It is Max. It could be. Yeah. My my PS5 is painted to look like the the Ford Explorers from Jurassic Park for reasons I'm still unclear of. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can also now select individual screenshots to send to your app as opposed to having to just automatically transfer them all, which is cool if you want to keep track. Love of Love it. Yeah, that's yep, a good same. one. <clears throat> Uh, I like this one. There's the friends who play tile. So now you can make fun of your friends if they play embarrassing games or maybe you go play games with them. You didn't know that they were into, which is, you know, nice little, you know, bonus Wait, thing. What in is there. that? What, it's, what like is a, it's like a tile when you like when you're looking when you go over a, a game. It's, it says like it shows your friends that also play a specific game. So oh, you know, I already did that. Does it, it does do it, it if you like if you're hovering on the game itself, like mm. there sometimes will be a tile there, but it's not if there was like hey, game hints and trophies, and this video just came out because this thing is new and stuff like that. There wasn't always a tile for it, so I think it's going to be oh, just okay. more of a regular... Just like more, it's more it's prominent. Tile. Another cool. tile. Yeah. Right. We like tiles Finally. here. Now, this next one is, is good. There's a bunch of sort of migration improvements for people you know, taking their stuff from PS4 to PS5, which kind of brings us to our next topic, which is that the uh, PS5 is selling very well. We got a big old mm. financial earnings call, what have you, and the uh what was it q uh, q3 i guess it was the, basically the three months that ended on december 31st 2022 7.1 million ps5s were sold during those three months which is that's good good job sony keep yeah. it up good. that's good for them that's huge that is a 34 percent increase year on year they've had 32 million units shipped since launch there were uh 12.8 million PS5 sold during the 2022 financial year. A lot of this comes down to supply chain stuff and the fact that there was, you know, a hardware shortage and chip shortage or what have you. And uh, it's kind of mm -hmm. cool that, you know, they were like, the shortage is over. And then they were like, but no, really it is. Here it is. So, yeah, I yeah, was I, on the, I was on the store the other day uh, pre-ordering my PSVR 2 and there was just all the models were in there except for the digital, mm -hmm. but like they had bundles and then they had the disc version without bundles as well. I'm starting to have a theory about the digital one, but I, I also agree. Um, yeah, I you can go on Amazon and you can just buy a PS5, but I also went to a Target and it was like, there's three at your store. You'll It's like, you'll never see them in the case. And I, I noticed that it's like, they're never just out. Uh, and I had tweeted about how 
you can i've never seen one in a store and every everybody that responded that was like oh i work at walmart i work at target they were like we just don't put them out like hmm. yeah. if you ask for them we'll go get it but like we just don't take the time to put them out because they usually just get sold super fast but it was insane that i could just do the like little target order pickup thing and just be like i want a ps5 now to my digital theory uh, i don't think that that was a console sony ever intended to make because you just cannot find them. I think that they went, oh my gosh, the Series S is $300. We need to make something at least close. And Jim Ryan just took a baseball bat and started beating a PS5. And he was like, okay, the disc drive came off, still working. Okay, what else? Okay, it needs a motherboard. So we don't need the disc drive. We know that now. So quickly just put one out that doesn't have a disc drive and that they don't really intend on making anymore. Cause you just, yeah, you cannot find them. That's a that's an interesting point because the sort of argument I always thought that existed for it was that like oh in this case it completely eliminates the possibility of used games you were entirely locked yep. to buying things off of PSN so you know Sony gets a hundred percent of your profit or money or whatever you know like mm -hmm. and it's you know that's I guess that's good for them I, I don't know how how big of the sort of you know contingent of people who are still buying physical games I realized well, God what I don't know it was a few weeks ago. I realized I don't think I'd seen, I don't think I'd physically held a PS5 game because, you know, hmm. yeah, like I, I've, think I, I think have. I've seen them behind glass at like Target or whatever, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird to sort like, I think that we, I, we saw one, there was someone floating around the, the office and I was like, weird, I haven't actually, yeah. it's kind of that slow realization, like, oh, right, that's, that used to be commonplace. We have it, we have, so we've got this giant library here at the IGN office of mm -hmm. all of the review copies of games and it's kind of organized generation by generation and it's hilarious because it goes from like, the Wii era in the which is like there's just a crap load of Wii games because they were just mm -hmm. you know shovelware and then there's like 360 because it was frequently like the lead platform for review copies and then it was like PS3 and then it's like PS4 and Xbox One and then it's like that's it that's it yeah there's yeah. no there's no shelf for that the rest is just all you know download code so it's, it's it's weird to see it in person speaking of I guess digital entertainment as we're prone to on this particular show. Uh, one thing you can't really buy physically, I mean, maybe you can in some cases, is games as a service. And we are kind of hitting the point where games as a service are shutting down left and right, which is sort of a bummer. Honestly, it's, I don't know, I feel like it was kind of inevitable. I don't think this is taking too many people by surprise. But basically, mm -hmm. over the course of the last few months, we've seen uh, Avengers kind of, you know, sh shut down more or less. It's still, it's still playable, but it's like they're pretty much like, we're, yeah, we're not here. Have all the free crap. Go nuts you know play yeah. play by your play with your friends or whatever they're just you know not pulling the plug per se but definitely kind of closing up shop to a certain degree are they not i can't i can't remember i thought they did have an end date didn't they did they're like they're, they're, they're running maybe, oh i don't know about like actually taking servers offline they're just they're done adding new content yeah. um and they're going to be making everything free which is awesome for you know fans sure. and then anybody who's playing regularly is going to still get rewarded with uh, resources in the form of whatever currency that they earn in the meantime. Dude, six people are stoked right now to hear yeah. that. They're meanwhile, uh, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, there's other, there's other, other games as a service that are just getting like full on just nuked. Mm -hmm. uh, Rumbleverse, yeah. Epic is killing off this. It was the battle royale. It was like wrestling focus. I played a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. It was like really, really funny, like really kind of charming. It sort of reminded me of like an open world rampage in a sense. And, uh, yeah, they're, that, that came out less than six months ago, and they are just, yeah. you know, pulling the plug for that one and offering refunds for people who paid for it, which is just like, well, that sucks, you know? Like that, again, we talk about, you know, games, games are a time sink, but like, 
a lot of people had to work really hard to make this. A lot of people probably sunk a lot of time into it. And now it's just kind of like, well, for what, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. Like, I feel like with the world of mobile gaming as it is, uh, I, I don't, I've never heard of really mobile games that shut down. I mean, besides Apex Mobile, which is a thing, but uh, like, they're 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 gonna keep those up forever because people are always gonna be paying for something on there, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's weird seeing like so many of these games as a service, uh, like shutting down. Well, you mentioned mobile. EA announced that Apex Mobile, I guess, is, is shutting down, and Battlefield Mobile, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. you know there was. Yeah. We, I mean, we're we're definitely guilty of not covering mobile stuff as much as we should at IGN. Like we, we focus primarily on, you know, console and PC stuff. And that's, there's, there's a huge, huge market out there. There's a massive swath of people who just play on mobile. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a bummer that there, you know, anybody who is really into that doesn't have that to look forward to anymore. Uh, Knockout City, another one, which is honestly, I feel like very similar to Rumbleverse. That was the sort of dodgeball focused one, which was, mm -hmm. which was cool. Again, like I sort of dabble, like the, the, the recurring theme here is you talk to people and they're like, yeah, I played with that for for a few weeks, and then you know it's all right. I didn't stick with it, and it's like that's exactly the problem. You know, it's, I think it's yeah. especially if it's a free to play thing that gets sort of revealed as one of those like it's available now, and people go mess with it for a weekend, and you know, unless it has like really like really good at sinking its hooks into you, or like a really consistent um, you know cadence of of content drops, and also an active community, it's kind of hard to maintain that momentum. And yeah, I think I played Rumbleverse or not Rumbleverse. Sorry, Knockout City two or three times one or two of them was with jada and yeah. we were like man two this times is i played it <laughs> yeah and we were like man this is actually like really fun i like this game a lot and then never played it again <laughs> ign gave it so, a nine out of ten like we were we it's were a great, it's, it's a it's good it's such a great it's really game. good yeah it's really yeah. fun i mean it's I think I, the, and then why weren't you guys playing it i don't know it's your so, fault the, for me the only reason the only time i really i played it so I played it twice with Mark and I played it once on my own and I didn't mm. enjoy it on my own. The only time I enjoyed mm. playing it was when I was playing with people I knew or acquaintances of people that I knew. Like, and that was, for me, there just wasn't enough people on my friends list and people that I knew personally that were playing it to get me to play this. So Yeah, I mean, with I, I'm kind of experiencing that right now with like Dead by Daylight, right? Like yeah. I recently jumped into it and uh, with some friends who had been playing it a lot. And I was like, whoa, this is actually really fun. I'm super late to this. Uh, and then um, and then we haven't played it. And so I tried playing it by myself and it was the same deal. I was like, oof, this is not it's so tough. We've said it before on this podcast um, just earlier, which was just, you know, video games. Time is your biggest commodity. And when you get a live service game, you really need to understand what you're signing up for i recently started playing eso elder scrolls online and i played it for a night and i was like no like this is fine i like this but there's no way i'm going to sink my time into this like that yeah you're not getting that from me and they they don't need people to just sink their time they also need people to sink their money in as well mm -hmm. and uh is eso it's, it's, still subscription based or is that just free to play entirely i can't even keep track of like it's, what it's free to it's free to play um on but they like still game pass i think i think okay. if you want to play on playstation you have to pay for it sure and then of course it has all of its uh expansions right right stuff which you have to pay for those yeah uh, but there's no like monthly service i think it's one of those like you can subscribe and you get like extra stuff per yes month. 
yeah they give you like a bunch of like currency and like other stuff like that Mm -hmm. i mean this is to see this happen with games as a service like we already saw this happen left and right with like mmorpgs we saw this happen with Mm -hmm. you know sort of tacked on multiplayer uh you know shooter components and yeah now i guess it's we saw that with a lot of free-to-play stuff and now it's sort of games as a service which is you know kind of a blanket term for a lot of these things but it feels you know a lot of things that were sort of chasing that that success of fortnite and being like they're not you know it's not a plan of like this is the thing we're going to have at launch it's ready to go it's kind of you got to have this you're you know you're kind of you're building a highway not a you know (laughs) not a store now there's also really interested for like last of us factions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. sony has this these very grand plans of launching a bunch of live service games and yeah (laughs) it's landscapes that Genshin Impact is Genshin Impact and Fortnite. Like those are the games that are like thriving right now. But uh, if you're not those, yeah, so yes, so they have get in there. ten live service games that aim to launch by 2026. So, yeah. fuck it's a lot. market out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's if you're not going to have a game like Genshin or Fortnite where you can really have something to sink your teeth into. I don't know if these large games can like really work. Uh, games as a service like i think people are maybe aiming too high like again i keep thinking Mm -hmm. and like going back to mobile games and like why do those like stick around why are they so successful and like i think maybe they're just you know low investment time like i think about Mm -hmm. like marvel snap even right it's so just pick up and play you don't have to play for a long time and that's just enough to get you hooked right but when we're talking about like knockout city or Rumbleverse, like it's these very fortnite-esque battle royale games right where you have to sit down wait to join a game and then you're there for a bit and i don't know it seems like yeah in order for this model to work you have to have the lowest barrier to entry as possible and i don't know if these games that we've mentioned like you know pick that up yet i wonder if sony is going to have something like that but for now i don't see anything like that would work. Uh, I think we're all also climate. outing how little friends we all have. <laughs> also true. Am. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to get a bunch of friends to play the same game. Like yeah, that's, very hard. it's so hard. Especially, I, mean, like, I only have one friend get, on yeah. this podcast right now and I'll let you guys figure out who it is, but you, know, you guys can fight. <laughs> but that's a, that's a key thing though, is that like, these aren't just games. They have to be social networks too. Right. And yeah. that's, yep. I don't know. That's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to think about. And it's, you are, it's, it's an ecosystem, not just a single product, not just a, you know, I don't know. It's well, fun. It's I, fun. Yeah. I feel so bad saying it, but I've had people like hit me up and they're like, Hey, do you want to play this weekend? And I'm like, it is Tuesday. Like, yes, I would love to play with you this weekend, but that, that is so far away. One of us can get sick. You know, we were both, we're all married. One of us may yeah. have plans, plans spring up. Like it is so yeah. hard to commit to. It's it's really hard to wake up in the morning and somebody's like, you want to play a game tonight? And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw down the hardest maybe possible because yeah. I don't know how I'm going to feel eight hours from now. It's like <laughs> it's a real social enough. gathering. Like it's the same really feeling is. of like committing to going out for beers or something. It's, it's the yep. same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if we still want to go out for games with, that has you know that's still alive we can go play anthem together if you guys want to do that it's, hey, did yeah, you just yeah, steal my joke from the meeting josh i love <laughs> I don't you know so what much I, you I had like, I was like, I'm not you had like 10 you had 10 minutes to make that joke i was like right? i'm not gonna, I'm gonna i, I gave I, you I the opening the joke yes ea has kept the anthem servers alive and well this is yes. the future of ea <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, you know the whole like the whole field of dreams, like if you build it, they will come. Like that's like Anthem is like if that dude put out home plate and called it a day. Like, you know, it's that's, just like that's that's their plan. <laughs> EA's just shutting down all their live service games. I'm like you you're about to have nothing it's left so, it's than, so to be a freelancer in Anthem. you you have no other choice. Get in here. How many people are playing Anthem right now? What do, do you, you guys think? Oh do you remember when they left up Christmas decorations? Yes. like they had a holiday yeah. drop and they had like christmas lights all over like the hub world and then they left them up until like march <laughs> i was like did, did anthem get divorced is it okay in there there's something i want to i want to ask the audience right now is this happening in real life too because i live in like a suburban neighborhood and if you go out at night there are still february 7th people with their christmas lights up i Dude. just unplug them if you're not going to take them down it's like it's there's super a, weird that they're just like they're, there's a they're car in my neighborhood that in. has like the dude basically it's like a prius and he got those like little clips you use to mount like led wires or i guess christmas lights and put mm -hmm. them all over the car and then for like you know five, five, four or five weeks three weeks around christmas he carefully puts christmas lights all over it and drives the car around with christmas lights on it and the rest of the year there's just these little like white hooks all over the car and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice it's great. <laughs> now, while we're talking about games that are dying and whatnot, there's a Crossfire X, which was the that is. So I think a lot of people are like, "What is that?" It came out of nowhere. That is a continuation of a shooter. It's like a, uh, it's from mm -hmm. South Korean PC shooter. Crossfire X mm -hmm. was supposed to be like it, you know, breaking in on consoles, and apparently that didn't take off so hot. But yeah, the original one has been going since like 2007. I think. I think they've had a couple updates that also, I believe, cleans up on mobile if they've got a mobile mm. version. But yeah, the, the, they made, wasn't that like, they got Remedy to do the, the single player? Yeah, there was a single yeah. player and a multiplayer and we reviewed them both and they both reviewed very poorly. The multiplayer- One got a two in, and got a three, Yeah, yeah. The multiplayer in general, uh, uh, specifically, I think, I, I think we gave it two because it's just, it is a broken mess that doesn't feel good to play. Yikes. That is such a funny review that I very, very, highly encourage people to go watch because it, it's just it's really funny well, like dan stapleton our reviews editor put up a, a neat column the other day about sort of why ign gives so many sevens and yeah. like mm -hmm. you know there's definitely like a, a bizarre curve there and it used to be it used to be i think we just reviewed a lot more crap and there was also a lot more yeah. crap and now at this point games are so expensive to make that if you're going to make a game you kind of go to the trouble of making sure it's at least playable it's at least decent and uh, that's not always the case still. You occasionally get those, you know, those duds out there. But, you know, for the most part, it's like, yeah, you know, it's six is OK. Seven is good. You know, eight is great. Mm -hmm. Nine is amazing. excellent. Fine. Excellent. Amazing. 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 Yeah. And ten is a masterpiece. Italian chef kiss. Uh, yeah. Another one. This is weird. I feel like the knee jerk reaction to hear that something is is ending support makes it sound like, uh oh, they're like they're killing this game. But uh, mm. was it Turtle Rock Studios announced that Back for Blood is going to end yeah. support? And my first thought was like, whoa, guess that didn't pan out. But in reality, it's like it got multiple like DLC updates, got a bunch more yeah. maps. It got like additional characters. Mm -hmm. The game came out in what, 2021, 2020 something. It's been out for a, I think it was 2021. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. But yeah. it was like October of 2021. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it got a, it got a decent tail on there. You know, I know people were kind of mixed yeah. on it. It wasn't it wasn't the sort of Left 4 Dead revival that was everyone was hoping for, but it's this used it got like way more post-launch content than games used to back in the day you know like it was mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's kind of funny that we're so conditioned to expecting this like really long tail this like this big roadmap of like new stuff to come to a to a game 
and you know, it, it, I, I guess this did fine. I mean, they're onto their next project. You know, it's it's almost yeah. it's unfair to expect a studio to just stick with one game forever. Like, I don't think I think a lot of studios still just want they want to make something new. They want to you know get it out the door and move on. Their their I, statement was very similar to uh, the devs who are made who made that uh, Portal like um, game Splitgate which is like a competitive game. And they've basically said the same thing where they're like, we're ending support because we want to make our new thing. Now, you know, you're going to have people like Epic that are just like, they would be fools to leave Fortnite behind, right? So you have to kind of read between the lines. And it's like, if you are ending support to go make your next thing, there is a chance that it's because this thing isn't working out as much as you wanted it to. But I also, yeah, I don't fault them at all that they're like, okay, we made this. And, and you can only squeeze blood from a stone so much before you need to just move on and, and come up with stone. something new i'm really Find i can't wait stone, to play exactly. gta 5 on uh playstation 6 and <laughs> xbox series v or whatever the next one is that's right now there's also there's a bunch of bunch more here uh babylon's fall that was that that was <laughs> one of the first ps5 games that yeah nah, right, that, there was the grasshopper manufacturer like kind of souls like mmo let it die which ironically they aren't so letting it die I did, exactly. I did. I did that. I let it die. <laughs> they. So they, this is such a weird. So they. They. They have. They have put it on. I don't know. They've put it in a medically induced coma or something. The development and operations teams have made the decision to temporarily suspend the game services while we redevelop Deathverse. Let it die. So they're not letting it die yet. Maybe they're putting it back in the oven or something. Yikes. I don't know what the what the euphemism is here, but that was. <laughs> That was one I really, I really wanted to love it. It's such a, such a. I mean, it's Suda Five One and doing a Souls like in weird post apocalyptic Tokyo with like skateboarding death, wearing like X ray glasses. There's so much cool stuff in this game to like. The entire like the map is looks like the Peter Bruegel painting of the Tower of Babel. Like it's, it's just, I, I, I want to love it. I also, it's just, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't it's love, didn't love there. playing it. Yeah. Now. We did talk about a bunch of these games that are that are sad and going away. Um, Beyond Community, let us know what are you sad is going away. What are you? What do you? What, what game do you wish would go away? What game do you want to pull the plug on? Uh, <laughs> what game do you wish they would shut the servers be, off? Be positive. I don't know. I guess it's sort of like what what keeps you sticking around with the game. Let us know. Now, this episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. 
I've been using MyVPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Shifting gears here, Jada, you've had a chance to properly field test the DualSense Edge controller. Can you tell us a little bit about... She played it in a park. It's Basically a controller, well. guys. It's uh, it's got it's got buttons. It's got analog sticks. They added some new buttons. Um, the battery's worse. Uh, there you go. Um, no, but seriously, the uh, <laughs> um, I really like my DualSense Edge. Uh, you know, I've 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 harped about a, a lot about uh, Forspoken in the last couple episodes, but this controller makes Forspoken such even better of a game to play because it adds extra buttons that you can use to cycle through your spells which means you can chain spells and combo easier and faster. I'm not saying go buy this controller to play Forspoken and it's going to make the game a 10 out of 10. I'm not going to say that. Um, it, it Honestly, Forspoken was... You can it, apply it. Are you I could apply it, it yes. Are you applying? Whoa. I'm applying Whoa. it, yes. Right. Forspoken's a 10 out of 10. Some me money square inks. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really like the controller for it. Forspoken for me was like a solid 8 out of 10 game. Like that's I think I couldn't... I don't think I could go higher than that. But I love the game. The controller's great um you know a lot of people are really concerned because there was a, a breakdown people went into it and saw like hey this battery is a lot smaller and therefore we're getting less you know battery life out of controllers i'm still getting on average about seven hours on my per battery um charge um using the charge stand and everything um and that, that's a solid gameplay session you know like that's if you're putting a full day into playing a game like you got a new game and you're gonna sit down and play it like Seven hours is a long time to sit and play a single game without stopping and charging your controller. Um, so I think if, you know, your settings are set right, you know, I have my, my lights dimmed as much as possible. Um, vibration is turned to, like, medium. Sometimes I turn it up when it, um, in, in between the sessions. Um, and then, the you know, the haptic trigger sensitivity, you can adjust with that. That's all that stuff is going to affect your battery life. If you have everything set to max, yeah, you're probably going to, your controller will probably die in about five hours would be my guess. Mm. Um, I haven't done a full test on that portion yet because I've been playing other games where I don't want all that stuff fully turned up right now. Um, but I like it. It's a good controller. It's solid. It feels nice and weighty. I really love all the the different functions that they add with the function buttons to be able to swap between profiles. Um, uh, it's a little hard to see. It's black on black, but you know. How do the buttons feel? Like the face buttons? Like do they feel different? Do the joysticks feel different than the regular the... DualSense? They feel honestly so the the triggers themselves have like little um little like uh raised edges like there's little like mm -hmm. uh, grips on the triggers themselves which feels really good I really like that aspect of it the face buttons feel solid they feel just like 
the like the other DualSense uh, okay. regular controller. Um, actually, I got the regular one right next to me. Um, yeah, honestly, they feel they feel a little sturdier. If that makes sense. Um, oh, it does. Because I, I try. I've tried to explain it. I I got the uh, the Elite Series Two, the core one, but it's you know it's just an Elite Series Two. It just didn't come with the back paddles. Um, gotta buy them separate. And uh, I've had people ask like, what you know, what's the difference? And I'm like, I don't know. You just have to hold it. Like it feel. Yeah. It does feel different. You move the joysticks. You press the buttons, and it just it feels like quality controller. Two uh, hundred's a little too much for me for the edge, but. It is, yeah, it is definitely, <laughs> it's not for everybody. I think it's for professional, like, game players that are, like, playing in, like, tournaments and stuff like that, and you want to have that extra, like, customization when you're playing, especially if you're playing, like, Apex on PC or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the better your controller is if you're playing with controller on PC, which some professionals do, um, the better your controller, you know, the more options you have, the better off you're going to be um yeah. so i think it's definitely it's a, that aspect of it it's for the people who are you know the real hardcore audience into the gaming i don't think this is a casual pickup for anybody i think it's a cool like i'm ready to splurge i need a new controller and i don't want to have to deal with uh you know stick drift um which is actually one of the things i really love about this controller is let me see if i can get this to trigger real quick yeah hit the little release in the back I just, I just off. realized. Simple as that. Oh, look at that. And then you can just simply click that guy up. And voila. so, yeah, you can swap out the joystick. For, for our audience listeners, yeah. or our yeah, audio, audio listeners, listeners uh, yes. Jada just destroyed her dual sense on yep. camera. I have no it. idea how to put it. I have no idea how to put <laughs> it back together. Um, that was yeah. $200 it, it, well spent. She voided her warranty Please. on camera. Please view this video and subscribe to my Patreon uh, that's called <laughs> Jada a new controller so she can break another one. Um, but no, I love it because I've had an issue with stick drift on like two or three of my controllers now. Um, and this is hopefully a way for me to avoid that in the future of having to spend $70 every time one of my analog sticks decides that it wants to look at the ceiling. I mean, Mark, to your point about, you know, PS5 becoming more like PC, like this is, you know, it's, it's again, it's yeah. chi childproof going under the hood. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a funny, like that's the solution for stick drift is removing the entire stick assembly, like having to pop that entire, I mean, 20 bucks for a replacement is, it, I would, I would expect a lot worse, but yeah, I, yeah. So in, in high school, I was like, completely opposed to getting an iPod because the whole deal were like, once the battery was dead, you had to like pay to have it replaced or whatever. And so I got a, uh, creative labs, nomad Zen jukebox extra or something, sure. which had like a, yeah. you know, a battery that could pop out, but it, one of those. yeah, it was, it was cool. But I wound up like somebody jumped on my back and I dropped the entire thing and it fried the hard drive before I wound up ever needing to change the battery out, which is sort of like <laughs> a, like a little bit of a quandary there, you know, like the, I mean, I guess people will definitely put this, put this thing through its paces. I'm just curious. We, you know, we talk about the battery life being short. How, how long will it take before it gets stick drifted? If will it like, is that justified? Like, I guess it's sort of nice to have that, that exit route to be like, Oh, my stick, the stick drift on my $200 controller is here. I only have to pay 20 bucks to get a new one. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just sort of seems like kind of a almost overkill solution to that. It definitely is. And you know, the parts definitely aren't a $20 cost part. So it's definitely, you could probably, if you bought the stuff yourself to replace an analog stick in a regular dual sense, probably could get the parts around 10 bucks, maybe. So the controller is definitely... nearly half the price of the console. 
that's yes. that's what I that's just what I can't wrap my head around. That's so. That's but here's so the thing: much. it's got a it's got a carrying case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never mind yeah. then. And and like I think it's why like didn't a, you why didn't you lead with that? And a very <laughs> long charge cable because you can't get large charge cables anywhere, Mark. You know, oh, they're exclusive okay. to this controller. Got it. I didn't know I couldn't get one on Amazon for eight ninety nine. Um, but no, I love the controller. Did you miss me, Jada? I'm back. I missed you so much, Mark. Yes. Um, but you know, this will be definitely the last show we'll have you on this year, probably. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> well, Jada, thank you for um, it, for putting that through its its paces. Like, would I guess? You you did you did you, you bought two two of them right or did you what am I? What? I only got one. Okay, I only picked up one of them. Yeah, okay. I need to get a second one for my partner because he really likes it. So okay, I so you buy a second one. So yeah, so I'm buying effectively a third PlayStation Five for our house, like Mark said. Yeah. <laughs> you were putting your your money where your mouth is, so to speak. So I was gonna say like, would you yeah. would you buy one? But you did, so like that's a moot point. But yeah, I don't know. Like I I took one home for the weekend and I I played with it a little bit, but it was kind of almost overwhelming. And like I'm, it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm of sort of two minds of this. Where I guess it's great if you want to like really fine tune everything and you know exactly how. If you know exactly what you want the input to feel like, good. But at the same time, the amount of effort it takes to pinpoint that for me is it's probably quicker to just get used to whatever it is I'm using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. No, which is sure. yeah. Which is it's just the, the cheaper option. I don't. You know. Yeah. One of the things I'm hoping we get updates later is being able to bind multiple buttons to the same button, so where you can have like I want L2 and R2 both on L2 and stuff like that, just because that'll just you know open up very, more options for different things in games, um, especially if you like to play fighting games on controllers. Sometimes you can only do so much with the remapping and stuff for those controller players. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. I think it's solid. Um, probably a solid seven, eight as well for me out of ten on the IGN scale. Is what I'd probably give it. Cool. I like you're optimistic, but not too optimistic. Everything's an eight. Seven's too <laughs> no. low. Eight, good. Good. Keep great. That, great job, know. everybody. That's why we had to make that video for Jada. She just gives exactly. everything a seven. I so. give everything. <laughs> everything's Actually, coming think, up sevens. I think I've reviewed two things in my IGN time so far, and I've given both things eight. So we'll see what the next thing gets. Let's see if I break the streak. Perfect. All right. So shifting gears here, we're going to talk about something that really doesn't matter what kind of controller you use, which is a television show, which is the HBO Last of Us show, which are we all caught up on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, so for everybody, anybody listening or watching who isn't caught up on this, uh, fast forward like not like nine minutes, and then you can hear about Gran Turismo and PSVR 2. But in the meantime, let's talk about episode four, which was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it opens with like that magazine scene, right? That a lot yeah. of people yep. were like, "Oh man, I wish they had the magazine scene in uh, episode three. Episode three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This was nice. Yeah, it, it was a it was a shorter episode um, compared to last week. Last week, I think, was almost an hour and a half. This one was. I, I always like to see what it is, and I think it was like forty eight minutes, which was uh, a, a very acceptable amount of time of television <laughs> uh but I, I liked it no zombies or no you know whatever the infected, yeah, infected. They, they hinted um, at it yeah whatever is yeah bubbling underneath uh the floor there not one scene. oh yeah that'll that'll be cool but i i i haven't got to talk about this show on a podcast at all but the, the, i am like enthralled i i it's a streaming show that you can watch whenever you want and i a hundred percent it's it, it airs here in california where we all are it airs at 6 p.m on sundays and i am there on my couch waiting for the episode to pop that's how it's been every every week so far and uh 
I love it a lot. And I thought this episode was very, very good, especially because it, it has the dad jokes and, and mm-hmm. that is a big yeah. part of Joke The Last up. of Us. And, yeah. and and they killed it. They killed it. It's very, very good. I, I, I totally forgot about the dad jokes bit, actually. Like, I forgot <laughs> that was in the game. And then when I saw it in the show, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is a thing. And I think they worked it in pretty well uh and it, like you see joel kind of like loosening up to ellie yeah. in the show and it's it's done very well i really liked it that we we we're finally starting to see a little bit of the softening of joel when it comes to him and ellie and mm-hmm. the you know the last dad joke she does um up in the building where they just kind of like lose it i'm like here we go like this is for people who aren't familiar with the game um this is what a lot of people who are familiar with the game this is what we're waiting for is that kind of mother daughter or sorry father daughter kind of bonding moments and uh it's getting there there's a there's an interesting thing they've been doing with joel which is i think you kind of have to do it because the there's no there's no player agency like there's no sense of attachment Mm -hmm. to him because you're controlling him like he's much more of a sort of you know static character of his own you know motives and all that and they make him a lot meaner in a lot of ways like he's he's a lot more walled off like i think i've mentioned this but like you know early on early on in the game he's kind of like all right ellie get in the truck we're heading out of here and he's like he's not really like that mean to her early on he's like a little bit Mm. weird but like he's you know he doesn't he's He's distant he's yeah he's never like outright a jerk and in the show he's horrible he's really he's really mean to her and then you know and then he gradually kind of softens up and i think you really have to have that because there is that that level of detachment and on the flip side of that you also, I mean, what the game does is it kind of flips things by being like, oh, you're a monster. You killed all these people. You are a bad person and you should feel bad. Like, that's kind of an integral part to being Joel. And like, that's, mm-hmm. it's true. You killed a lot of people playing through this game. Like, that's how that, mm-hmm. that's how that works. It's very much like, uh, I mean, I feel like the in, in The Last of Us 2, where you, where you sneak up behind someone who's playing Hotline Miami, the game that asks you if you like oh, killing people, yeah. and then you mm-hmm. hit them over the head with a hammer is like, oh, I remember, I, I get the, I understand that reference. But, uh. In this case, like, you don't have that. It's like someone else is playing as Joel. And I think this is the first episode where we, like, we got him beating the crap out of that guard with his bare hands in the right. first or like, second you episode. You didn't like that dude anyway, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, you're kind of rooting for him. And then in this one, it's like, there's, you know, the dude, Brian or whatever, who mm-hmm. Ellie shoots in the spine. And Joel, basically, mm-hmm. he's, he didn't really have to kill him you know like the guy was maybe gonna bleed out but at the same like maybe like you can look at this two ways like maybe this guy is suffering and joel's like oh i've got to put him out of his misery but maybe he's like this guy's gonna be a rat we got to kill him so we we can cover our tracks but either way yeah well because the the people don't know who they're looking for they don't know that they're looking for you know a middle-aged guy and a a girl so that was his his way of of kind of eliminating that threat but something i I think one of the most like cruel moments I've seen from Joel to, to go off your point, Max was at the end of episode three, when, you know, she mentioned something about Tess and he's just like, we don't talk about Tess. Like he gets like super, super like mean with her. I have not played the game in like a minute, so I can't remember exactly, but I feel like the show, because they're trying to develop the characters a lot more than, than they do with the game is um, they're really trying to push the Joel and Tess relationship a lot more than they ever did with the game. And so they're really, really trying to convey how much he's hurting from the fact that like he took on this job to deliver, you know, Ellie and lost 
someone he loves in the process in the form of Tess. I, I don't feel like that dr is driven home as much in the game as it is being in the show. And so it's it's hitting him harder and it's it's making him be a lot more like cruel. It's like he's taking it out on her specifically because right. in his mind, his only way to cope is, well, you're the reason I've now lost her is because I'm having to to transport you. And so I, I think that that could account a little bit for right. the, the mood change between the game and the show. It makes well, it more understandable. Also, yeah. yeah, but I also think that's the beauty of us getting it in TV form. You know, we're getting more mm -hmm. nuance to these characters. We're taking, you know, these characters that were one element of them may have been very minimized or one dimensional and they're expanding it and we're getting these great stories that fill in more about these characters that many fans yep. have come to love you know when we met bill in the game like it was like okay he was a you know he's a prepper uh survivalist yep. and he was a crotchety old man that you know hated people and then and frank despised him because of you know how rigid he was closed um, off and yeah. yeah and he went off and you know and then we got that that's why there's that big difference in the letter from three episode three and in the game um whereas now we're getting these huge just like really built out experiences and learning more about these characters and i love that about the show mm -hmm. um i think also one of the things uh you know i think it's gonna be really interesting to see how we're also getting that in episode four where with this new group that has taken over this town that overthrew fedra like we're learning more about this group because in the game it's just like oh they're hunting for people you don't mm -hmm. know who that who they're hunting for kind of like now but also the you know it was they were just a faceless group you know yeah, yeah which, been, I mean, part, part of that is to sort been. of is to is to justify that you're gonna have to kill a whole lot of them and throw bottles yeah. at their heads yeah. and stuff like in this case yeah. you're kind of seeing like kathleen the melanie linsky character yeah. yeah she's intense like she's a lot yeah. oh yeah and i don't know it, again this is sort of a the first part of a of a two-parter like it definitely sets stuff up i don't want to say too much because i've um seen seen ahead but like as far as i i was really really kind of skeptical about them adding in original characters or adding in new characters and sort of padding mm -hmm. it out but i think they've done it in a very i don't know prudent way like it's it's very yeah, very it's like tasteful very organic and yeah yeah, yeah. Which I mean, yeah. you'd hope so, because it's the you know, it's the the creator has you know getting his his own say on that. But yeah, well, and also it's just, and this is my big thing with episode three. Like this, this is not the game. Like they are retelling the game in such an awesome way, but like also it's a show that they are trying to reach a mass audience with, right? Like in the game, the run mm -hmm. truck that, that I just happened to be on screen when I said those words um, is a boss. They can't do that for a show. So it's right. like, you know, they just, they got to change stuff up and I, I'm liking it a lot. I was going to say in the, in the Bill and Frank episode, there's something that I just, just occurred to me is like, it's what they did with it is kind of like when you take a, a really sad song and give it like an upbeat twist, which is exactly mm -hmm. What Frank does with that uh, Linda Ronstadt song, oh, like he's uh, playing yeah. at the piano and he's giving this like cheery mm -hmm. thing, and Bill's like, "No, no, no, don't do it like that." And he pushes him aside and then does like the down right. somber version. And it's like, uh -huh. I mean, it's so funny because like that's what we got. Like what the 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 opening the credits for the first episode were like a, a really somber version of like a Depeche Mode song, or maybe it was right. the second. But you know, it, the same deal of like let's do, doing a doing a more somber cover or doing a more upbeat cover, and like that's kind of the weird remix that we got with episode three. And 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I really, when I look for an adaptation, right. It's like when it's, whether it's like cowboy bebop or the power Rangers movie or whatever, I don't really care too much about how, I don't know why those two came to my head, but uh, I see them as like song covers, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it is just the same thing, but put into a new format. And it's like, I'm very interested to see what changes and what doesn't, for example, like, I think in this show, the theme of violence and the theme of the consequences of violence is pushed a lot harder than it was in the first game. Uh, the first game, you get a little bit of that. Uh, at some point, I think it's like David's crew is like, yo, mm-hmm. this is the guy that killed all our dudes. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, these guys aren't just baseless enemies anymore. There is a consequence to this. Mm-hmm. But that You get that kind of later in the game, right? In the show, they're pushing this early now which i really like and it is very like last of us part two-esque as well with the death of that guy who's begging for his life and Mm -hmm. it hits so much harder like i remember the ambush scene in the game and i was really like i knew you know they were going to adapt it because you can see it in the trailer i was like man it's going to be a crazy violent uh action sequence and it was like kind of whatever he just like shoots guys with a rifle from far away and then another one off screen and you're like okay but then that guy is like begging for his life and you're like oh man mm-hmm. this is very violent it's and then brutal. the and, and then they also shook up the order of events as well with ellie you know um saving joel by killing a guy here and that it was also another moment that i think is different from the games mm-hmm. uh i think after yeah. that moment in the games joel's like all right, kid, you're legit. Let me show you how to shoot with a bigger gun now, like right after, right? And this show, like, they totally changed it. And Joel is like, look away, don't cry. Like, Ellie goes into a corner, wipes the tears away, buries all her, like, negative emotions about shooting a dude from point blank. And it really complicates the relationship early on. And I, I'm really like interested to see how they explore those themes in the show, because in the game, it, it felt very like, yeah, I'm Joel, I'm the hero. I get to kill everybody and save the girl. But in the show, it, it definitely feels messier. Yep. Now we're at time right now, but I am dying to talk more about the last of us next week because, uh, I don't know, next, next week's episode is a doozy. If you want more sort of recappy stuff about The Last of Us, we do a show here at IGN called Cannon Fodder. I frequently post those or do my best to inject as many corny jokes in them as possible. Occasionally, we have some cool Easter eggs and stuff, so go look that up. Uh, and now we have uh, a chat with Ryan McCaffrey about the PlayStation VR 2 Gran Turismo 7 mode, uh, maybe vice versa with that. But uh, thank you all for joining me. This was This was a good time. And Mark, I like to think that we are now better friends, if not good friends, after this fun episode these, these 50 minutes have definitely they, they i'm starting to come around wow my heart is warm <laughs> yeah. all right all right here's here's the chat with the ryan about the funny hat and the little cars check it out hey everybody max here with ryan mccaffrey playstation vr 2 is out on february 22nd and one of the big albeit sort of under talked about things that comes with it is a free update for gran turismo 7 which is the entire game in vr and yeah. ryan you got a chance to check it out Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Max. I went in just thinking, yeah, it'd be cool to just see GT7 in VR, free update. I love cars. I've enjoyed GT7. Sure, why not? I have to say, I came came out like legit kind of blown away. Like it is such a great fit for VR. I know it's not the first racing game to do VR, but it's the first major console racing game to do VR in a, in a, you know, easy couch way. It was actually my first time with PSVR 2, period. Mm-hmm. Fidelity's great. Like, 
physically, like uh, uh, the headset feels good, which I was expecting. So all good on the tech side, but I told them, well, I used to have a DeLorean. So yeah, can you load up the DeLorean for me? Cause they do have one in the game and it looks awesome in there. It's they, they, whatever one they scanned and modeled in the game, they did a pristine job building it. And then you can go to the, the VR showroom and, and actually, while you can't actually get up and literally like walk around your play space and walk around the car, you do use the thumbsticks to change angles. You can uh, be in the cockpit of the car. Mm -hmm. And I, I, so this is gonna sound stupid and ridiculous and I'm okay, I'm okay with, with that. I'm putting myself out there. Having owned a DeLorean for 12 years, over thousands of hours, 50,000 miles, I drove that car. It was, it really was like I was sitting in the car again. Like I mean, that's, that's, that's not, how- That's not the core, that's not Corey, it, that's the idea. Like that's, it, the, that's the goal here, that's yeah, awesome. I, I, it, well, it just, I know it sounds, it's almost like it's like Sony fed me a line, but it's it like they, they really like Spider -Man. They did not. <laughs> no, it's, I like, I, I kind of needed a moment where I was like, cause I, you know, I sold the car 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while since I've actually been in one. And I just, I was like, whoa, like this is, this like is like chewy. We're home. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, <laughs> like it was, it was really awesome. And so then I just jumped, started jumping into races. So I, I, I started with the DeLorean. Then I moved to the Tesla Model S, which is another car. I have a family member that had one. So I've spent a lot of seat time in that car. And then I finished with a, I was like, well, just give me a supercar. We loaded up a Lamborghini that I'll never get to <laughs> sit and let alone drive in real life. But starting with the DeLorean on the track, just the being able to, I know this sounds silly, but just being able to look over and, and see the other drivers and see the other cars is awesome. And even more ridiculous, but in a great way is, you know, I, I know every inch of what a DeLorean looks like from the inside, from the outside, and just turning, I, just for fun, like I'm gonna turn my head around to look out the back window and it's it's all just perfect. You have the rear sunshade louvers of the car, and, the, and it's it really it is a you know this game is meant to be a driving simulator. It always has been, and PSVR two absolutely takes that to a more awesome level. It it, it does exactly like it is a perfect complement mm -hmm. to what GT seven already does. It yes. just it enhances like it, and the fact that you know it's. It's just a free update. I, I think every, if you have any, the slightest interest in cars, if you don't already own GT7 and you're buying a PSVR2, you gotta get this. I mean, it's, uh, it was just so great. And uh, the, you know, all the, the side view mirrors work properly, which they do in every modern racing game now. And the, the rear view mirror, it's just, it's all fantastic. Like it even, it even fooled my body a little bit into like a sense of like that I'm in the car going. And, and, I, and I only noticed it because I noticed it when it broke, which was when I had to, when I, I came too hard into a turn and had to slam on the brakes. And, and, I, and that's when my brain went, oh, wait, our, my body here is not <laughs> feeling like a physical sensation of, of slowing down quickly i was like oh okay it, on there were uh, on a couple of the courses have have like big dips little hills and 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 my my stomach did do the the like classic vr thing that sure, happens yeah. to a lot of us of like oh i don't <laughs> i didn't quite like that but uh it just it plays perfectly it's 100 i, I checked with sony 120 frames per second in each eye so it's it's flying uh, frame rate wise it looks great 
Uh, jumping into the Tesla was was equally was equally awesome. They even have this is like the dumbest little nitpick, but it's a 2012 Model S, so they have like the original one of the one of the first year ones, and they have the old UI. Like the software UI in the car has been like redone yeah, four yeah. times, but they have the 2012 UI in the car. Again, this is all stuff that's in the existing regular PS5 TV screen yeah, version, yeah. but. But yeah, the, the the bottom line, Max, is that the the VR just it really enhances this specific game in a way that I just wasn't expecting it to be to really up my interest in in GT7 as much I mean, as it did. That's really like VR will take something that is mundane or familiar and make it a completely new experience and that's really cool to hear about this and i think it was great that we sent you to go check this out because you're so familiar with a delorean or a tesla yeah. like you're you're one of our go-to car guys uh can we talk a little bit about the actual psvr2 itself sure uh, what was your what was your input on this was it the the new controllers so or? they they had me i i did a little with the dual sense uh this it, it does not seem to or they gave me no indication that it uses the mm -hmm. the hand the I don't I forget what they're calling them now the new you know controllers, but it doesn't seem to use those. So it was dual sense, but then they actually had a full steering wheel and pedal set up because it's like do a lot. Does everybody have that? No, but do like hardcore GT7 guys that are willing to spend six hundred bucks on oh, yeah. PSVR? Like yes. So that this is not an unrealistic scenario for a lot of people that are, are going to play GT7 and PSVR too. So. You know, it was cool to have an actual wheel while I'm tearing down the track in the DeLorean. And uh, but yeah, did tried it on on the DualSense too. Feels great. Um, one thing I wasn't expecting is uh, you know uh, inevitably I hit the wall a few times, and there is haptic, there is force feedback in the PSVR2 itself. So I just hit the wall and get a little a little shake on the, on the headset. Which, b being honest, it wasn't it wasn't bad but i don't think it really necessarily added a ton more of a to it more just, of a gimmick than a proper immersion, yeah that kind of that was uh i could do without it but it's like it's interesting that it's there but uh worth mentioning nevertheless nice now one thing they've hyped up about the psvr2 is the sort of foveated rendering where it basically like it keeps track of where you're where you're looking and it really puts all the rendering energy into those specific spots did you notice anything different about sort of what it was like to you know it's a weird question like when you're Looking at what's going on in the in the VR headset, yeah. Did anything jump out at you about that? No, it looked, you know, no screen door effect. No, like it it played great. Like in in the menus, the static menus, you could see like it didn't look as clean and crisp as it does on a regular TV screen. But in the game, in motion, everything looks and and plays phenomenally. So it's. It was a it was a solid first impression for me for PSVR two, which I I personally have pre ordered. Like I I do I am I've got some money on the line for this. Um, I don't know if I would have canceled my order if I'd been like completely uh, disappointed in this or not. I don't know if it would have gone that far. <laughs> but but the fact that it like I was expecting the ergonomics of it to be good because the ergonomics of PSVR one are really good. And yeah, I guess I you know haven't tried the the proper new controllers, but the headset itself. Seems great and just really awesomely surprised by uh, how how much VR added to, to uh, GT7. So it's, from my own DeLorean experience, I can tell you that it it really is uh, probably the closest you'll get to sitting in your dream car. Like I, I've I've had the pleasure of owning one dream that dream car and, and seeing it in the game, and it's it was 
shocking in an amazing way of That's how so one-to-one cool. it was. I mean, it's honestly, it's got to be like, you know, seeing an old friend or yeah, like going to your, your old apartment or something. It and really was. I think it's also kind of like, clearly there's, you know, the same attention of detail applied to all the different cars, but like, you know, DeLorean is, I'd say, more of a thing that appeals to a specific type of enthusiast, maybe more the pop yeah. culture crowd than yeah. like the, the true gearhead. But the fact that's that true. They, they commit just as much of detail to that is, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the headset did anything, like, how was it weight-wise? How does it sort of feel compared uh, to the original? It seemed fine. They had these big, giant headphones on me, which I, I like, like, the PSVR 1, and I presume the, the 2, I think, has just the little mm -hmm. earbuds it'll come with. So I think I would rather something like that than the big, giant, big, giant cans on your head. But, uh, but yeah, it felt great. Um, it's got the... You know, it's got the feature that I, th I think some of the, the higher-end PC VR headsets have of there's a pass-through button on the, the bottom side. So, you know, if you need to see the real world, you can, it'll be a black and white display of mm -hmm. what's really in front of you using an external camera rather than having to take the headset off, do whatever you need to do in the real world, and then refit the whole thing to your face. Cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's a huge vote of confidence. I know I feel like the, the PSVR 2 has been a little bit of an unknown quantity in terms of, you know, how Sony's been showing it off and, and marketing it. But it like, still needs some big games. Like, yeah. that, that's, this This counts. I really think, even though it's a game that came out a year ago, like, this is awesome. And, and certainly Horizon, every time we do a, a video that even is in this neighborhood, I'm going to mention Half-Life Alex. Let's go, Sony. Put it on Call there. Call Valve. Let's go. But, yeah, it, it still needs some more particularly high-profile AAA caliber games, but really impressive uh, with, with GT7. Cool. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for chatting about this. If you want to hear uh, our thoughts about PlayStation, I do a weekly show beyond all about PlayStation. Ryan does a weekly show all about Xbox, Unlock. You also do a weekly show about Tesla, Ride the that Lightning. So car guy, video game guy, good guy to talk to about video games. If you want to hear more about PlayStation VR, PlayStation, Xbox, all those good things, keep it right here on IGN. Thanks for watching. And we're back. And I wasn't sure if we needed to have an outro at the very end of the video or not, or the audio show, or however you're watching it. But uh, yeah, Jada, Mark, Josh, thank you all for hanging out. I think I already said that once. And we you did. Hats, yeah, I'll take another one. Hats. Sure. If you're, right. if you're still here and you're hit listening to this outro, this is the post credit stinger. <laughs> Surprise. I, I was Deathlock the whole time. Yes. Coming soon. Max Scoville will return in the next yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for watching and or listening and or being on the show itself. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Beyond. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.